Thank you so much, Brother Marty. I want to see if anybody remembers the following two people. They starred every single month in High Light Magazine. It was a kid's magazine, and I was one of the lucky recipients of High Light Magazine in addition to my Ranger Rick and my Sports Illustrated for Kids. Did, did anybody ever get Highlight Magazines? I'm so glad that I'm not the only one. This is not the point of this sermon, but the thing that was always the devil of me was the find the hidden image part of the magazine. And there were the trickiest things to find. There were like 20 of them. Another story for another day. Who I really want to focus on were two people. One was named Goofus, and the other was named Gallant. Now, this was pretty predictable if you're looking into these stories, but it was set up like a comic book, and it would always say things in the following light. Um, Goofus always takes things from the refrigerator without asking and never puts them back. Gallant, on the other hand, always asks his parents before taking and always puts back what he has borrowed. In these stories, children were able to see that you wanted to be friends with Gallant and you wanted to stay as far away as you possibly could from Goofus. I wish it were that easy, though. It's hard to get friends. It's hard to keep friends. But the more important thing is that it's the hardest thing to get the right friends and to keep them. We're the same as the ancients who read the Proverbs. We're all craving relationships, and we're all deeply affected by the relationships that we have. It's this wonderful and powerful word known as influence. And every relationship that you has has influence over your life, always, without a shadow of a doubt. And even though you might be a very good person, you can find yourself in relationship with others, and ultimately, in the law of averages, you become like the people that you are around. I learned this in the following way, especially as I was in college. It seemed like, as I finally learned, and sorry, mom and dad, but it seemed like, in the following way, whenever I found myself doing foolish things, it was because I was around foolish people. And that was probably the case most of my time during my fraternity of four years. Loved those guys, but we did some foolish things, and I was always a part of it. Fools typically make you do foolish behavior. But then there was every single summer at Camp McCall... I was around these guys, and they were all dedicated to ministry. And lo and behold, if I wouldn't find myself doing ministry, becoming the person that I truly wanted to become, it was at that moment in my life that I realized friendships are things that we have to choose for ourselves. And no choice is a choice. In fact, as one proverb that Marty Smith read said that if you're wise, you are going to choose very carefully and with great intentionality the people that you want in your company. Because 
if you hang out with a bunch of goofuses, you become a goofus. And if you hang out with a bunch of gallants, you become a gallant. But it says it in this way in Proverbs 13, 20. The wise walk with the wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. It goes on to say that if you're with wise people, if you choose wise people, even if you are not yourself wise, you will ultimately become wise because of their influence. But if you choose or make no choice at all and find yourself with fools, inevitably, inevitably, you will find yourself receiving harm, whether by your own choice or the choice of others. Now, this is something that I had a lot of experience with in all my 10 years in student ministry. You know, every parent out there is incredibly anxious over the big three, um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And every parent in youth ministry never wants their baby to be involved in those things. And oh, how the tears would roll when they found themselves in a crisis situation in which their kids were involved in those things. And they would come and they would talk to me and they would ask the question, how could this be? I'm not a good parent. I, I didn't take them to church enough. There was that newsletter where you said to memorize this scripture and I suggested it. I didn't demand it. And that's the reason, pastor. I would sit and I would listen. And in wisdom, I would be able to say, let's, let's see things from from God's perspective. Let's see things from God's perspective. What you are being affected by are the symptoms, not the cause. Well, then what's the cause, Pastor? Why are these three things, or one of these three things, why are they affecting me? Why are they affecting my child? And I would ultimately go back to, it's the relationships they have in their life. There's a power that is greater than anything we can ever imagine, and it's the power of influence. And the way influence becomes so powerful in our hearts and minds is that you and I crave acceptance. Did you know that? That's especially true for youth, but it's even more so true for adults. We, we all crave acceptance. We want to have relationships, but what we find ourselves doing, unfortunately, is oftentimes shortchanging ourselves, wherein we are able or willing to allow certain influences, certain behaviors, certain patterns of living into our influence, even though we know that they're not healthy and they're not right and they're not good for us. But because these people have accepted us, we're willing to go along with it. Now, here's where we convince ourselves that even though these people are our friends and they do these things, we will never become like them. Oh, how quickly we find that not being the case. At, at a minimum, what we will find ourselves doing is we will find ourselves justifying their behavior. It's not that bad, we'll say. Uh, they're not doing too much wrong. But ultimately, what we find ourselves doing is we find ourselves being in league with their behavior. And that 
is when harm really occurs. Perhaps because we do a action that has consequences, or perhaps we make a pattern of living for ourselves that's far more reaching and influences, in fact, the entirety of our lives. So there's a few questions. There's a few questions that we can ask ourselves, because if we are to be people who were wise, who are willing to see the world from God's perspective, I feel like we're going to be able to press a pause on this craze for acceptance and ask ourselves the following things when we're saying, am I, am I going to choose this person for a friend? Am I going to choose this person for a relationship in my life? And here are the questions, and I, I invite you to write them down. The first question is, what do they believe? What do they believe? What do they believe about life? What do they believe about, what do they believe about friendships? What do they believe about family? What do they believe about things that we should value? What do they believe? Second thing I want you to ask to yourself is, how do they behave? It's easy for someone to say, I believe certain things. It's another thing entirely if their actions corroborate with their beliefs. How do they behave? How are they like when they're with you? How are they like when they're with you and others? Here's a question I always ask to the young ladies in my youth group when they said, I just met Johnny, and Johnny's so nice, and Johnny loves Jesus. Oh, I just think Johnny's the one. And I'd say, I'm so happy for you. Let me ask you a question. How does Johnny speak to his mother? That's behavior. Does it match the belief? And if they said, well, you know, Johnny's not very nice to his mother, I'd say, be careful. If he's willing to treat his mother like that, you might be next. What do they believe? How do they behave? And then this question, what are they becoming? What are they ultimately becoming? Are they on a road that leads them to become the best person they possibly can be, to contribute to others, to serve one another, to help one another? Or, or are they becoming a person that is selfish? Are they becoming a person that is out for number one? Are they becoming a person that if, if you were in a jam, you wouldn't find a brother who is there for a time of adversity, but you would find yourself being the fulfillment of the proverb that says, a person that chooses their friends poorly comes to ruin because when the chips are down on the table, you're the only one that's left holding the cards. These three questions, my friends, can, can help you choose wisely the relationships that are in your life. And here's why friendships matter so much. They are the bedrock of every relationship. They are the bedrock of every relationship. If you can establish someone as a friend in whom you can trust, who answers the questions that, yes, they believe, yes, they behave, yes, they are become, if you can answer those questions, you can go anywhere and do anything with that person. Oh, how I know that is true. There's one friend in my life who I've celebrated now for 22 years. She also just turned 40. And the best is yet to come. Where is she? (laughs) 
You came to sit with my parents and your parents. That's right. I'll never forget the first time that Rebecca and I had a date. First thing we talked about is what did we believe? What did we believe? We had a genuine conversation about how faith was important, how, how a relationship with Jesus is important. Next thing I did was I monitored how Rebecca behaved. She was always kind. She was always lovely. She was always positive. The thing that I most admired about her, though, is what she was becoming. And she was always steadily becoming a more sincere follower of Jesus. Now, because of that, there was a friend who I admired who ultimately became my girlfriend, who then became my fiance and now has been my wife for almost 18 years. How important are these decisions? How important is it that we stop and ask ourselves the question? I want to bring this moment of sermon to a close by stressing the following. Everybody here makes the choice. Everybody here makes the choice with relationships. Those decisions are not made for you. You make them. And ultimately, folks, you own the results. So I want to stress to you these three points. First, in your choosing, I want you to know with freedom that everyone can be an acquaintance. Everyone can be an acquaintance. The next thing I want you to know is that some can be a friend. Only some, not all. Some can be a friend. But here's the final part. Only a few trusted individuals should ever be friends of influence. In that light, I want to ask the following questions. If relationships determine influence, do you stand to gain or lose based on your current choices? I'm asking that openly and honestly. That's a wisdom question. That's a seeing things from God's perspective type question. If relationships determine influence, do you stand to gain or lose based on your current choices? And as a guide, when you're answering the question of what do they believe, how do they behave, what are they becoming, I want to encourage you to lean in to who you know is the ultimate example of the best friend we can ever have, and that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who said, this is the ultimate test of a friend. He who would lay his life down for other people, that's what a friend is. That's what a friend does. If, if the people that you are evaluating in your life remind you of what Jesus feels like in your heart, then they can be those people of influence. But if they are not, I'm telling you, at least pause. At least pause. But at most, use discrimination to say, in terms of my choices for my life, understanding how powerful influence is, and despite the fact that I want acceptance beyond all else, I'm going to lean into wisdom on this one, and I'm only going to let people influence my life who, like Jesus, believe in the good, 
behave in a way that's holy and are becoming people that are willing to lay down their life for other people. And if you will do that, you will be amazed at the return on such an investment. The hymn that we celebrate oftentimes is what a friend we have in Jesus. All to him our griefs we bear. And that's not the hymn we're singing today. Because I just thought of that when I was sitting down there at the children's hymn. But I want you to respond to that power in your life today. That in the heart of Jesus Christ, today there is offered to you a friendship beyond compare. And that in this community of faith, I feel like you're going to find a place where you can walk with the wise so that you can become wise and never suffer harm. Would you make that decision today as you stand and as you sing this hymn as one?